Hi, and welcome to IndieWire's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast. My name is Crystal Fall. I'm the deputy editor of Film and TV Craft and IndieWire, and my guests today are Bill and Turner Ross, the Ross Brothers, talking about their film, Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets. And today's podcast is brought to you by the Apple original film, Boy State, which is this political coming-of-age story and journey into the heart of American democracy through an annual rite of passage in which a thousand teenage boys from across Texas come together to build a representative government from the ground up. And side note, I I did Boy State when I was 17, and if you don't know about it, you're in for a crazy ride with this film. And it's for your consideration, best documentary feature, visit fyc.appletvplus.com. I think maybe the easiest thing to do here is is talk about the original inspiration for this film, which I think kind of dates back many years and trips to Vegas and maybe even becoming filmmakers. Can't remember it all, but the, the original inspiration even for this idea of this movie you know it's it's just it's funny because right now we're in exactly the same position that we were you know a few years years back making making this film which is saying god you know we've been thinking about some uh, some of these ideas for so long that it just feels like uh it it just feels like we've been tugging them along with us through everything that we've made and and with bloody nose it was um it was this this idea that we had had in 2009 where, um, you know, we had these accumulated thoughts about the Vegas that we knew from going there with uh, with our dad and his best buddy and sort of living out in L.A. and going and having a big high time in Vegas. But we were never that into the strip. We were always much more fascinated by the actual life that was being lived on the outskirts of town. And, and especially, you know, in 2009 when we took the idea seriously, when we were looking around, it was the Great Recession and you had... You had people living in motels and, and on the on the outskirts of town, and it wasn't so much about people coming to the bright lights of the city. It was just people trying to hang on, and people falling out of their lives and and trying to uh, you know trying to make a go of it. But at the same time, these planes were flying overhead, dropping in folks from Oklahoma to go and spend all their money on the strip, and uh, you know it, it, it was just it made for a very strange liminal place. Yeah, what is what is life like in the shadows of the bright lights? And so for us, that just that sort of mythic example of of um, you know the neon American dream out there, and and the reality of the the effluent of lives lived on the outskirts became this setting uh, that we just really couldn't couldn't get rid of. So we were kicking around for you know ten, well I guess once we did it, you know probably seven years, but uh, eventually um, you know a couple a couple things. Uh, fell apart uh you know work-wise and we just said uh fuck it let's let's pull the trigger and we we put the whole thing together probably in two months yeah but again it's like it's something it's something that we picked up you know we learned through the films and so we we then also you know conflated that original you know sort of setting vision with this idea of making a a film with a limited palette inside four walls in a space that was deeply resonant in our lives, which is, you know, the, the great American bar room. And, uh, if I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, you tried to originally do this in Vegas, right? To do it in a, in a Vegas bar. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, sort of. It never seriously, I wouldn't say we tried. We thought about scouting it. Trips? Scouting trips? Scouting trips? A lot of scouting, a <laughs> lot of yeah. scouting, a lot of, lot of, you know, roaming around with the camera, but no, nothing serious. But yeah, we, we, we kicked it around for, you know, since 09. But the, re- the reality of, of our process is that it's not, it wasn't about, 
ever making a documentary about a closing bar. It was about making a film filled with ideas mm -hmm. and lives lived and real people with resonance. And um, so we were scouting it much like, you know, a, 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 a fictional film would scout for locations mm -hmm. and, uh, and doing our research and, and uh, casting for people and location and looking for the perfect stage on which for this to this experiment to take place. So, yeah, we spent a lot of time in Vegas and, um, you know, the film is partially shot there, but mm. our container uh, is a fictionalized space. Well, let's talk about the container too, because it's like, it's it's about creating a dynamic space, the perfect location, the, and creating the a dynamic scenario that allows you to, it's kind of like a perfect playground for your direct cinema. But first, yes. it's first, which is the goal, but it's like, creating the perfect container for you to do this. And so let's start with the bar itself. You guys are, I think, New, York, New Orleans-based filmmakers. And so obviously, I think that's right, right? You're yes. in New Orleans right now? Yeah, okay. So it's, yeah. it, it fine. Yeah, yeah. So obviously it makes sense. Can we find our Vegas bar in in New Orleans, right? Is that is that kind of, that's right. that step one? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we you know, we I think we scouted every uh, bar on the outskirts, standalone bar on the outskirts of Vegas and, you know, took copious notes um and but nothing was was quite perfect and um we you know knew of a place down here that you know checked all the boxes of a vague outskirts of vegas strip mall bar um but you know was perfect um so yeah so we ultimately went with the roaring 20s here and uh just across the river and there were some practical elements to it as well i mean we we could not get anybody to bite on uh on funding on financing the film and so you know we we really had nothing to go on and uh and so we had to find something that was achievable we didn't have the uh the budget to uh to buy out a vegas bar and all their gambling machines for you know a week or two mm -hmm. uh and and so yeah the the place that worked was here in our backyard and, and we were able to to cobble together what we needed to to make it happen Okay. So let's talk about filling, filling this bar, it, it, the casting process, yeah. because I, because right. I mean, I think the idea, right, is, is that even if they're playing a character, they're essentially, you're letting them go. This is still real time. It's, it's like you've created the scenario yeah. and they're going to go with it where they want, but let's talk and we can talk about yeah. that. But first, you know, filling mm -hmm. this up, who are these people, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and creating, creating your characters or finding your characters. Yeah. Yeah, just like with with the other films, it's um, it's all about casting. You know, we start here in the office, um, you know, drawing up archetypes, um, putting them up on the walls. Who you know in this imaginary film that we you know haven't cast yet. Who um, you know who are we looking for? And then we go out in the world and we try try to find those folks. You know, whether it's more documentary or whether it's you know more of a setup like this, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a very similar process. So, um, you know, with those archetypes, I had seen Michael in a, uh, a play in 2012, a Eugene O'Neill film or a play, uh, long day's journey and tonight he fit, you know, one of the boxes that we were looking to, to fill. We did a lot of, uh, bar casting and we would just sit, people wanted to talk to us, you know, they saw the camera, they'd come up, uh, you know, you meet a certain person, and you're like, oh, you know, that's uh, that's that person, you know, that imaginary person up on the wall. So um, I like to think of it, you know, it's always kind of like Ocean's Eleven where you just you're going around and you just, uh, you know, you say, are you in? Here's our crazy idea. Um, and uh, either people are in or they're out. But um, yeah, we had a, we had a good crew for this one. Um, 
you know, some, some folks we knew, like Michael, just, uh, you know, living our lives. And, and uh, about two-thirds of the cast came from, uh, like I said, bar scouting or uh, casting in bars. But then all those generic archetypes, you know, that we had sort of made maquettes of in the, in the office, dreaming up what is this, uh, you know, this, this sort of alchemy of space and, and character... But then all of a sudden you bring in these people and they're real life flesh and bone people with their own stories and something much more rich than that cardboard cutout. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so then, yeah, it, it becomes it takes on its own life. Obviously, you want them being as much themselves as possible. Are you giving them a little backstory? Are you giving them just a little something <laughs> or, or or is it is it? I, I just I'm curious about that. If anybody came in with a, if anybody came in with a false backstory, uh, it was them. Um, <laughs> and, so, to varying degrees, that worked. Um, but we gave everybody a we, preamble. Well, we told you know we told them what you know the setup was, and and we said we cast you because you are you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are the only one of you, and um, we want you in this bar because of what you bring. And so um, you know people were free to you know show up however they wanted but uh a lot of them you know are playing it you know pretty pretty straight that you know these are folks that aren't unaccustomed to that lifestyle so sitting there uh you know all day with a drink is is you know not foreign so sitting there talking to somebody you've never met uh you know pretty you know that's a day-to-day but we also had to have complicity in this you know and that's another reason why we put that sort of veneer in between that this isn't a bar that any of those people really drink at. We needed sort of that distancing mechanism, that that safe space, so that everybody who came to this film was coming to it. They were choosing to say, "I I want to be a part of this experiment," and and then we would you know discuss. You are the you you. There is no duplicity in this film. You can bring to it whatever you wish, and within within the you know within the parameters of what we're all uh, abiding by here, it can go wherever it wants to. And so, yeah, I mean, people swung for the fences and people tried some, you know, some, some, some weird shit. But, it, but so did we. And, you know, that's where editing comes in. So, and um, then in, 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 the, mm-hmm. in the duration of the experiment, then it, that also starts to fall away and people begin just relating to each other and to the circumstance and, and really begin writing their own narrative, really. The one thing that I, I'm curious about is this, the idea of the interaction between the people. You know, and the fact that mm-hmm. they know each other. If I remember, it, it's like, because you didn't necessarily get everybody together, right? Um, or did you? Or is that something where it's like, well, they're going to get to know each other pretty quickly in the bar just because that's what happens in a bar. Uh-huh. And you just have to, right. you knock on the, you, you announce the person when they come in. Uh, I'm just curious because it does, this feels so much like they do know each other and maybe they just got there mm-hmm. very quickly. It's a mixed bag. It's a mix. Um, we part of the casting process was saying, really, there were about twelve people that we really, uh, really knew that we needed for the film. And then we said, okay, well, for each of you, who's your real life best drinking buddy, your companion? And and we tried to fill out the bar with with those minor alliances, so that as other people came in, those minor alliances was would create other alliances, um, uh, or or sides, you know. But um, but then, the, you know, there's another degree of it, which is we prepared everybody in advance individually. We brought each one into the bar uh, just by themselves so they could get acquainted with the space, so they could get acquainted with us, so that we could get acquainted with them. Um, and they could become familiar with uh, being on the camera and just sort of being themselves in there. And so by the time that everybody came into the shoot itself, they, they sort of had a propriety. You know, it was 
Um, they knew where they liked to sit. They knew their way around the bar. They knew where everything was. Uh, they'd, they'd learned to sort of ignore us and let us be part of the dance with them. And, um, and they also knew the conceit. So, you know, this is the place where everybody knows your mm -hmm. name. You know, everybody understands Cheers. Mm -hmm. So we say, all right, guys, we're in Cheers. This is your Cheers. This is the last night it will ever exist. And for whatever that means to you, whether you're moving on uh, with enthusiasm or, uh, or with sadness, this is the last time you do it. So mm -hmm. however you want to interact with each other and this, um, you know, you go for it. But, it, you know, there's also a lot on our end. We didn't want to load, um, we didn't want to load them with uh, too much to think about. Mm -hmm. We wanted them to be really present with the experience. So we knew entrances, exits. We knew what to look for and when. We knew what kind of dynamics might be produced with given situations. And it was us to, up to us to to follow and curate and, and be present for that. Um, so there, there wasn't really any, there was never any, um, uh, there was never any cut, uh, there was never any action, um, and there was never any broad, uh, broad guiding direction to the crew at large. You know, every once in a while there'd be, you know, a whisper to this person or, or uh, you know, a, a nudge to this one to, to sort of make sure that we all remembered where we were going and what was going on. But, uh, you know, for the most part, it was up to us to wrangle that and uh, for them to just be free to, to interact. Because really, all you, you, it's not that you created outside of the dynamic it was the last night of the bar. I think the only thing that you really created was a little bit of structure, right? In the sense of pe when right. people come in and out at four o'clock, you watch Jeopardy. You know, it, it's yeah. like kind of it's more you just gave the evening structure and but the individual stories and where they went. That's just, that's it's a, just, it's a vessel yeah. and a conduit. Oh. You know, we, we wanted to give them an opportunity. We created a space, a safe <laughs> space, and we give everybody license. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, you're here for a reason. You get to go where you want and do what you want. And so, yeah, when, when they're interacting, those interactions become very, uh, very real, very personal, very raw. And no matter how much artifice they're putting on it, yeah. the best stuff is always coming from a real, uh, a real human uh, place. Yeah. It may be masked in some way or colored slightly differently, but um, it's emanating from something deeply personal. We're going to take a short break here to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Boy State. This Apple original film is a political coming-of-age story that explores the heart of American democracy through an annual rite of passage in which a thousand teenage boys from across Texas come together to build a representative government from the ground up. And, and that's as crazy as it sounds. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And for your consideration, best documentary feature, uh, visit fyc.appletvplus.com. So now we so now we get to the good stuff. You basically have created this vessel. You've created this dynamic scenario. You've got these people in it. And so really what you've done is it's like for for the language that you speak, for the direct cinema that you love, you've created an evening to to essentially do your thing. It's I think it's the, it's the two That's right. it's the two of you, right? With two cameras. It's I I yeah. we'll talk about the boys and we'll talk about you know, the exterior of Vega, Vegas later. We'll come back to that. But essentially what's in yeah. this bar, like this is one night. It's till whatever. I don't remember five o'clock or something like that. And it's the two of you with cameras yeah. and you, this is you doing your thing, right? It's and, and following yeah. where it goes, right? Yeah. We created yeah. our cinema Super Bowl so that, uh, you know, we can try <laughs> to play our best game. And uh, it, it was really intense. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, the principal shoot, although there were, you know, there were many that make up the film. The real linear narrative is a real linear narrative. It's an 18-hour unbroken situation that 
ebbs and flows and comes and goes and and uh and it's just bill and i in there with our cameras and and trying to guide it and make something of it uh it was it was intense and um and awesome and you had to be so hyper focused and uh and vigilant about uh uh, you know, the, this is never going to happen again. And how the hell did we get it to happen in the first place? So, uh, super exciting. And, yeah. and you got to make choices, right? Because there, yeah. there's elements here. And let, let's split this up into a few things. One is like, I'm very curious because there's two of you and I know your brothers and your close filmmakers. And so there's probably some unspoken understanding and some, you know, hand signals and stuff. But I mean, there's an element of like how you're going to split this up between the two of you and communicate by mm-hmm. that. But then even in those scenarios, and you could get the sense of this watching this film, it's like there's something really amazing happening here and you got to choose this because there could be something developing on the back couch or over there. For sure. So I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that in terms of, you know, by design, how does this work in terms of the two of you and where you are and mm-hmm. assignments, but also reacting to the drama and the flow of, of, of things. Right. Yeah. In the past, you know, we've cast a much wider net. And so going into this, it's it almost seemed like, oh, everything's happening in this small space. This this is like a dream for us. We can just document what's happening in these four walls. (laughs) And in fact, there's so much happening that (laughs) it was, you know, it was just as tough as, you know, anything else we've done. So and especially as the night went on, you know, anything preordained. You know, we had to keep our eye on, but it, it really it, it became its own living, breathing thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, going into it, we had a, we had a game plan. It was we thought about it much like a sporting event. Uh, you, you know, we had a, a sort of a, 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 a shot list um, that that I was keeping my eye on to say time of day, character entrances, exits. You know, things that need to be happening. You know, little structural things that that we're making happen, things to pay attention to, really all of the the orchestrations uh, and dynamics that we knew we needed to get in order for the thing to actually be captured. And then Bill's camera was there, almost like as a color commentator to to say, okay, well, here's what we hope is gonna happen, but here's what's actually happening. And the confluence of those two things uh, is where the real, you know, the, the magic of serendipity takes place. Um, and, and so, you know, at, at the beginning parts of the day, it's a lot more about atmosphere and people coming in and, and sort of building those dynamics. And then as it continued. Yeah. Once you, once you got 22 people in there, you're really just, you're on it. You know? <laughs> and then we had to keep eyes gotta, on each other. And, you know, yeah. But we, you know, Turner and I have worked together for so long um, that, you know, if I see him out of the corner of my eye, I, I pretty much know what he's up to. So I, you know, I in those late night hours um yeah the dance became a little bit more frantic but um and 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 especially like editing it we had 14 tracks of audio we missed so much (laughs) you know like there'd be a mic over in the corner where we weren't and there was just just this wonderful conversation that we just totally missed you know and 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 but you know we miss everything we miss things all the time. But we had also spent years preparing for this and thinking yeah. about what we wanted from it and really studying these spaces and um, and, and sort of the, you know, those moments that we, we hoped to find. And so, you know, even if we weren't directly communicating all the time and even if we went off of, um, you know, sort of, sort of that uh, 
preordained uh, structure, we knew what to be available for and we knew what we hoped for and, and, and what to look for. There's a shared intention there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was there for us to find. You know, it, I, I, I didn't get, I'll be honest, I didn't get a chance to rewatch the whole thing today, but I was, I, you know, I, I, I watched a good portion of it. And one thing I had forgotten about it also is, is, is not that you have made this topical or tried to make it like, you know, this is right near the election or whatnot, but there is in this sense, in these discussions, that rawness of what had just happened. Right. Which I don't think was part of the plan mm -hmm. of, you know, I, I, right. Trump had just won. Is that what it was? Is that is it won the day before, which yeah. was not part of your plan. This wasn't like we're going to film the day <laughs> no, after. No. And, and you no, 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 yeah, no. And, and, and there's also this element of like, um, you know, you do cut out certain things. It's not like you make it about the election, but it doesn't matter because the feeling yeah. I remember that feeling, you know, and that yeah. rawness yeah. is so there. And it was fascinating yep. about um generational veterans all these things which is like in this idea of the perfect scenario that you created there was this whole other in, mm -hmm. in terms of the dynamic scenario yeah. there was a whole nother dynamic that just fell into your lap that gave it just this raw yeah. charge right yeah i mean it, it could have easily been about that particular day um but we never like to make things yeah. that are timely you yeah, know yeah um so we cut out the majority of that stuff we left a couple things in to sort of give you a sense but it did you know work out in favor of the film i you know we were all as a group feeling some way you know um and and emotions were closer to the skin than i think they might have been uh people you know, people were angsty, Ultimately, no, no matter how, what finally, side they were on. It's know? why we finally pressed go. You know, it, so, there was so much that came out in the film that really was built into it as well in terms of the way that we were thinking about it. And, we, you know, in traveling around and in spending time scouting and thinking about this, we saw, you know, people not speaking to each other in, in the way. It that, felt like the right film for that time. Yeah. You know, we had no idea how that election was going to go, but it felt like. Uh, you know, we needed to make a film where people could just look at each other, look at each other, and see what they say when they're not saying the things that we are all ostensibly saying to each other and talking about politics overtly. And you know, just like who are we, where are we at, and where are we going? That's always you know what we're thinking about in, in, in you know in the sort of emotional landscapes of these films. And um, yeah. It, and especially during that period, you know, we're not politicians, we're artists. So what, what are we going to do? What can we do, you know, to, to be, um, to contribute in some way or to stay active and keep our heads screwed on. And it was to dive into this thing and get a bunch of humans together and, and see where we're all at. And, uh, you know, if you, if you strip away most of the, uh, you know, overt politics and, and sort of news conversations and create more of a timeless thing, it's still relevant and it's weirdly relevant now, you know, in a way that we obviously could not have anticipated, you know, thinking about a film about the end of things and uncertain beginnings, thinking about spaces that we can all come to commiserate and share space and those being unavailable. You know, it's, it's, it's resonant in its own unique way at the, at the moment. I love it. Cause what you lifted from there was just the emotion of it, the feeling of it. And, it, and, and, and mm -hmm. like, you know, let's just drill down on one example, you know, the, the generational conversation that happens at one end of the bar and 
and and also the veteran and the emotion because it's like it feels to me just something where it's there was something about the scenario that you guys created in this moment that um, I, I imagine you're just watching the emotions and and this conversation and the conflict as the beers and the drinks are going down that you know I mean mm-hmm. it had to have been that thing that you were dreaming of and there was lots of these I don't mean it was just one of of seeing of seeing these things happen in, in a natural kind of unfolding way mm-hmm. well I <laughs> You know, I think we always try to cast people that are like ourselves in that, you know, they sort of wear their heart on their sleeve and are sincere. You know? <laughs> and, and also so. a lot of these people, we, you know, a lot of these people we either know from or found in these spaces and in these kind of situations. And we had conversations with them in that kind of setting. And so we we had a sense of, all right, you, you know, you're, you will be you in, in this scenario you will speak for yourself in this scenario. And then, yeah, you're right. I mean, it is a, uh, we, we, we feel deep gratitude, you know, for the, for the people who, but yeah, while that was happening, sure. That's great for the film, but it, it wasn't unexpected. You know, mm. we knew, we knew how we, who we had in the, in the room and we knew Bruce you know, was going to be in the movie and we had had these same conversations with Bruce at two yeah. o'clock in the morning at a bar mm-hmm. before shooting this film. And so you know, well, it's quite likely that you know this kind of scenario is going to unfold. But at the same time, he felt so much a part of that world, and felt such uh, a connection to you know the people that we had brought together. That you know, when he cries going out of the bar at the end of the night, he's really responding to that space. Yeah. But certainly, we couldn't have predicted so much of it, and that's why we work the way that we do. We want that, um, you know, those moments that you couldn't you couldn't script it's and th- those surprises mm-hmm. you know uh make it just so worthwhile and and beautiful but it also means those people are the authors of their experience you know we're there to collect them uh you know and and try to you know share those create these windows of empathy but they're not our words through their mouths they're you know it's it's what they're choosing to share in this in this situation I'm not sure where this question is going to lead and I don't know how much, uh, but, but, you know, you are artists and, um, uh, one skill that you both have developed is, is, is you're very good camera operators. In fact, I believe you, you, those are skills that are, are part of other people's films too, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and do it. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit and maybe this is instinctive. Maybe this is just who you are, but that idea of as this stuff's unfolding, I'm sure some of this is instinctual. Like you said, you, you're trained, you've been ready for this moment, but that idea of thinking in terms of composition, where to land, when Mm. to move, because there is this all unfolding in front of you. And as an artist, you're you're making a choice. Each of you individually is making a choice. Here I am. I'm going to stay here versus this is one where I'm going to need, I should see three people. I could see two people. And, 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 And obviously, that's something that has to unfold based on the logistics and things like that. And I'm sure some of it's instinctual, but I'm wondering if you could talk about that in context of this film, um, Mm -hmm. because these are choices. These are, it is how I experienced the film. It is, it is, it is the way that you've connected me to this beyond even just the scenario you've created. Yeah. I think, uh, the best answer that I've heard on, 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 you know, that front, uh, Steve Bognar many years ago, he just told me that, um, you know, you're all the stuff that you take in throughout your life. You know, you're just creating this gumbo in your head. 
of painting, you know, uh, uh, graphic design, literature, music, it's all in your head. And in that split second, unknowing to yourself, all of that is right there. <laughs> you know, you know it without knowing it. And so it's all about what you ingest throughout your lifetime that creates, I guess, what your eye is. We also pour, pour over but, reference films <laughs> yeah, in preparation. If we could show you The Office right now, it's just filled with you know, visual references for the next film. So that when you do find a scenario where someone is standing in a certain location with this kind of light, you're like, you know, maybe you're not conscious of it, but you're like... It's in there. We've, some, we've it's in there. Some, for this. We've prepared for yeah. it again. It, it is like you know some sort of sporting event where it's like you prepare, you prepare, you prepare. But once the game starts, you know those notes fold away, and hopefully you remember what the play is because mm-hmm. um, things are going to come at you in a way that you know are unexpected. I'm, I'm less interested. Even you don't have to tell me what the references were, but I'm even just curious sure. because it sounds like you have different. Re- you're pulling different references in the way that other people pull lookbooks and things like that for different films. And so Mm -hmm. once again, we don't have to get into the specifics, but I'm wondering of those things that you're pulling, what were some of those, what are some of those elements that are, you're kind of predetermining and thinking about, Mm. um, is it color? Is it, is it, is it a sense of composition? Is it, is it a Mm -hmm. look? I mean, obviously all all those things. Yeah, let's let's talk talk, about specifics as it relates to to this film. Yeah, let's talk about like what was on our wall. Um, It's as disparate as Robert Rauschenberg and Eugene O'Neill and um, films like Dusty and Sweets McGee, The Exiles. um, Photography, so much photography. William Eggleston, um, just, you know, like... It really doesn't. It's not any one medium. Mm-hmm. You know, we're thinking about you know, how how is this how is this painter using texture, or how are they using collage, and how do those things butt up against each other? What are they saying by choosing certain images? What um, you know, the staging of this. What are they doing by putting these certain people in this certain uh, container, mm-hmm. um, image-wise, photography. You know, uh, how are they capturing this image? These are still images. We're making moving images, but what are they looking for? What is the decisive moment? What is the frame? Is it about the austerity of the frame? Is it about uh, capturing that one little instance and um, and music? And yeah, I mean, we there's really no parameters on what uh, what what inspires. Um, and and we create huge. You know, I, I came from. Uh, I, I I learned how to do all of this by uh, working as an, uh, a lackey in art departments and setting up the uh, the walls for the big production meetings with the directors. You know, and like, uh, well, you've got your lookbooks and you've got your breakdowns and you know, um, and just really thinking about the orchestration of these films like that, mm-hmm. saying in advance we can do all of the research and think about really digest why we choose the framing and images. You know, I think a great example of this, and I only realized it after the fact, but there's this great, um, like Turner said, uh, Eggleston is just one of the uh, photographers, you know, that we had up on the wall, but there's an image that he has that's quite unlike his other work, but it's these two young girls laying on a couch uh, one's laying on the couch, one's sort of laying on top of her like they're having this very intimate conversation and the light's hitting them in a certain way. It's very beautiful. Um, and the frame is exactly what how I framed uh, Pete and Michael on the couch when they have this late night intimate talk. Um, if you compare the two, it's, it's, it's rather wild, but 
again, that's the back of your head. Mm-hmm. I, you know that it's just in there somewhere. Because you didn't compose that scenario, right? It's a found moment. But when I got there, you know, I I framed it in a way because there was this one image that I liked at some point. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, what what strange magic that is, I don't know. Because but. we had a hundred images on the wall that we were pouring mm-hmm. over for months in preparation, and yeah, yeah. Even the it, even down to the color, it's it's very bizarre. But. Yeah, very much color texture. Yeah, looking at the fonts of certain eras. That no, 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 I'm saying I'm saying the color of of that scene with oh yes, Mike that and image. Pete. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, in um, sound, so so basically, I think to a certain degree, we don't have to get too far into this. You've got the bar mic'd so that you don't yeah, your cameras the... don't have to pick everything up, right? Like you got you have some kind right. of. Because that's got to be a little bit of a technical feat of like, <laughs> of like, <laughs> yeah, of yeah. like, where can I put mics that's going to get me different conversations? That's right. right. Well, we didn't want to have a boom operator yeah. in there. You yeah, know, we, we yeah. always try not to have a boom operator. Um, but yeah, we we mic the bar before anybody got there. Uh, so there there were mics up and down the bar, behind the bar, in any place you could sit. Um, and then we had lavs on folks. We both had shotguns on our our cameras. In in all, it was uh, fourteen tracks, um, and uh, <laughs> that's why editing took so long because it's all. I mean, <laughs> it is a nightmare to listen to all that. But um, you know, very necessary. Other, otherwise, it would just. We be, knew it could be a cacophony in there, yeah. and, and we wanted to be able to isolate, be able to shoot from across the bar and isolate a conversation that you weren't close to. So, yeah. so how does it work though with music? Because here's the thing: mm-hmm. is is like this is like that jukebox is going, and that part feels yeah. authentic. That part feels like it is, but <laughs> but that's like an edit. You know, I mean, just it's an editing it's nightmare. nightmare. Because if um, you think about it, if, 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 just to give the listener a sense, if like if there's a Bruce Springsteen song playing over our conversation. And suddenly we want to use a different part of the conversation and it's uh, Grateful Dead or something like that. It's like on the back of one piece of dialogue is Bruce on the next is, is the Grateful Dead. And, and, and so I'm thinking about this in a few different ways. One, you have to think of that ahead of time, right? Because isn't, don't you need clean Mm -hmm. tracks? Can't you not do that? And then, (laughs) and then what, you know, but then, the music is such a big part of what's unfolding. It's a bar. They're playing right. music. They're dancing. So uh, that's the part that still to this day kind of confuses me a little bit about how, how in terms of the pre-planning and then how you executed it, it works. But yeah, it, it, it created quite, uh, uh, it was a shit show. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Um, we, we tried to uh, shoot it without the jukebox on so that we could place music in later stuff, you know, we could clear or whatever. But um, uh, about 20 minutes in, the, the, the cast just mutinied against us and uh, said they would not continue to drink there if there was... You can't have a bar without the jukebox on. And we'd get um, sneaky so. throughout the shoot and, and turn it off, and then somebody would realize it after a little bit. <laughs> Why? Who turned the fucking jukebox off? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, so, yeah, a lot of it is... A lot of a lot of it is tied to music, and so we've got you know we had a great uh, uh, post sound uh, guy, and also we work with a great composer to s- try to mask some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I, I mean, it's still it's, it's it was a mess. It's pretty raw. <laughs> it was yeah. You know, you're cutting out each word, and you know, it's, it's amazing <laughs> that that it works. And then, but I guess on the, on the flip side, though, is it, uh, this is fair use. It's playing, so you don't have to clear. Well, it's a combination of things. Yeah, I mean, we we work. 
we do we have always worked with a, a really excellent fair use lawyer um, and our producers have become really well versed in how to deal with you know what is uh, fair use law what clearances are necessary and you know I, while it's hard for us to get money on the front end of these films we we were especially fortunate with this film to have a couple really solid entities come on uh, at the back end and uh, and and be able to fill out the budget and take care of some things like clearances and um, you know, we were able to make the film production-wise on a shoestring, mm-hmm. but uh, post-production is an expensive affair. Yeah. So let's talk about the edit for a second, because there was a there was an initial conception of how this would play out in the edit, right? Maybe, mm-hmm. it, and, then, and then at some point deciding, no, we have to embrace the simultaneous nature of this. I wonder if you could talk about Perfect. that, because I think you originally right in the edit you had a different concept of of how this would play out right yes uh for a long time i've um wanted i i always think it'll be more truthful if we if in one of these films there would be 10 edits right uh that each shot would be 10 minutes long and therefore be very honest because we're not uh telling the viewer what to look for, we'll get there l- look at. Uh, you are just experiencing what is unfolding. Well, we tried that, and once again, uh, it was a failure. That kind of austerity just led, <laughs> led to coldness. It's cold. It's removed. It's distant. It's, it's distancing. And what we needed was something that was warm and inclusive, where a viewer feels like they can have a seat at the bar and they can listen in on whatever conversation they want. So you can bounce, you know, you can bounce from Bruce uh, to the other end of the bar with Cheryl, and you can be privy to all these different conversations happening simultaneously. And it's it's just so much more satisfying. Um, and it took us probably a year to, you know, get out of our own way. Uh, and and just let the footage tell us what it wanted to do, you know, because there are two cameras, there are th- there are things happening simultaneously, and it's it's just so so much more satisfying. There's so much more warmth, um, and it gives you a certain omniscience, and, and then it allows the bar to really fun. be a character instead of a setting, right? You know, then you are you do have this kind of eye of God where you can float around, you know, as a ghost in a space. And you can still be in the bar when everybody leaves. You can juxtapose different conversations. Um, you know, being had by people, you can juxtapose a conversation with a TV. It's just, it was just, it's it made for such a more rewarding situation. As a viewer, it feels emotionally honest. The fact that you're connecting all of these people and these, yeah, that's ultimately, I know that's the thing that you have <laughs> that in a bar with all these people is, is a shared experience, a shared, like this feeling right. of whatever the current is and what's going on. And right. well, that coldness erased the intimacy yeah. and, and, and that's what is working. If, but just like does, all, yeah. all the other edits on all the other films, it's like you go in with all these, you know, genius ideas. And then, you know, the film ultimately dictates and tells you that you're wrong mm-hmm. and it needs to be a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, um, working in the way that we do. So then to just pull out for a second, um, there's, I think you said 18 hours, 18 hours in, 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 in your bar. And then there's a separate mm-hmm. shoot for Vegas, right? The exterior and what happens out. And then the boys are separate, right? The, the bartenders boys and, and, and what's going on in the bikes and stuff. Those are, those are just separate. There's a number of things. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we, we did like, a, like I said, when, when we were getting everybody ready, um, we brought everybody into the space and we actually filmed them like interviews so that we could get that out of the way. 
and let everybody know this isn't what we're going to do. Um, but we, we used that so we could get people used to the camera. So there was a day, a full day of everybody individually in the bar like that. Um, there was a full day with all of the old timers, the day drinkers, so that we could really get them in their chairs like they lived in them. And, uh, and some of that is, is part of the day stuff. Uh, but we really wanted to give them uh, ownership of this space. And so we did a separate shoot in the lead up. And then the boys, um, Trey really was there for the entirety of the shoot. Uh, Trey is Shay's actual son and, uh, and, and, uh, and enjoyed the experience so much that he just you know, really wanted to be around. But he, uh, he and his buddies had their own entire shoot. <laughs> and uh, just like the Vegas stuff, it, it's, I love it. You know, I mean, we, we went all over the place when they ride their bikes away. Well, we went there, you know, um, and that stuff is great, but really it, it detracts, it, it goes away from, uh, the space and, and what their relationship to it is. And so really they just end up in the alley. Uh, and then also we did a follow-up shoot on the streets of Vegas so that every exit and entrance, uh, had a, uh, an opportunity out in the world. And, um, and we spent a couple of weeks doing all of that. And, uh, you know, while I'm enamored by all of it, it just, it didn't benefit the film. And, uh, but it took you away from what you cared about. But there are little glimpses of it that do help. And, you know, and you see little glimpses of that throughout the film as color, as departures, mm-hmm. as, as some of their endings. But, um, yeah, the outside world is, is a place that they're all escaping. Uh, and 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 is a strange place that they're returning to, and we didn't need to embellish that outer world. I think it works better as an idea. If so. I, if I remember correctly, and this is now nine months ago, you were per- oh, you were particular because th- there was a whole you what you did in the bar. My understanding, if I remember this correctly, there was two weeks in Vegas, and you let you followed some of these people and and their life out, you know, their world outside of Vegas. And I, I remember you were still crushed at that point that 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 stuff <laughs> that there was like there was things in there that you love so much. I mean, the edit told you stay stay in the bar, but but yeah. that exploring that world outside in Vegas was something that that you. Hey man, it's real, right? It was like you really. But it's it's the same with every with every film that we make. You know, there's always so much of that shit that we have to lose. The old adage, "Kill your darlings," yeah. you know. But but that that stuff that we loved and we learned from that didn't make it in always goes into whatever the next film is or some film down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe not, not, not literally, not yeah. literally, but those ideas, uh, you know, whatever. And it's still an incredible experience that really informed. Um, and that's what it's all about. You it's, know, the, the the articulation of the film itself and our relationships with the people in it, and um, so it's not a loss. But uh, yeah, Ooh, I do love. That yeah, stuff. we were still feeling some. Yeah, back back in the old world when we were feeling feelings. <laughs> uh, do you remember when? I kind of vaguely remember feeling things. Yeah. Um, you know, for for people that have enjoyed your body of work and um, this film, this film's a great standalone. But there's there's this element of of you guys creating this scenario, um, this perfect playground for to 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 practice your craft in this. Um, feels like a natural extension. It seems like, you know, it feels like going this step and what you did in creating this feels like if, if one watches your films and learns how you make them, this is a natural thing. 
I'm curious though, in taking this step and I really, we don't have to, I know what the process is like. I don't, we don't need to talk about what you're thinking about for your next film, but I am curious because mm-hmm. I imagine each one of these films opens a door and you've now, you've now a good way to put it. created, you've, you've done something you hadn't done before. You took another step and I'm curious in, and it was a bold step. It's a great step. This is a phenomenal film. I'm wondering as you, think about your next projects and it seems like you guys are noodling with that now. What, you know, is this opened another door for you to think about something else? Cause I, I don't want to think in a binary, you know, at Sundance, I was annoyed. I didn't need to, why is this in doc? Why is this here? And my guess is you guys wouldn't yeah. give a shit if you were at next, you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and now that Tabas is there, God knows where she's going to put you. Who cares? She's going to love yeah. it. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know, it, we probably don't need to have that yeah, conversation. Yeah. Again. So I, mean, I think that's a learning yeah, yeah. lesson. But, but, but yeah. my, but my thing is, is though I am very curious in terms of your process, because yeah. you did put, you did walk in a direction, you know, you did open a yeah. door and where your minds are now. And, and once again, I know this is hard because you don't want to talk about what you're doing necessarily, but, but, but that, mm-hmm. you know, where you are with where you've come with this. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to put it. I, it, it. You know, every end of each film is an open door taking what we've learned. You know, our next film will be our sixth film. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're pulling tricks from everything that we've learned and they will go into the next one. Um, you know, Just I, as Bloody Nose is a big response to contemporary color. Yeah, I, it, like all the films in my mind all have different conversations with each other. You know, like some of them on the needle of, you know, nonfiction or fiction go certain ways and some go further than the other. I don't really care. It's just about executing the image that we have, the idea that we have uh, in our heads. But... Um, yeah, will this one, uh, be in conversation with the next one? Absolutely. I think we, um, you know, I'll let you answer because you, uh, I'm gonna let you answer. Yeah. We tried things. We tried things that we didn't. Turner gets upset when I say too much about what what we're about to do. Yeah. Just shut up. (laughs) Uh, We tried things that we didn't, uh, we weren't sure would work and they did. And we'd like to explore those further. We also satisfied some things that we had been wanting to try. Uh, I think we can get out of those four walls now. That was good. I'm glad we did that. Um, And I I think we don't need to be beholden to a sense of where our films are placed because it's not the way that we work. It's not the way that we talk about Mm -hmm. them. And, And so I think, you know, after this process and after all of those conversations, as tedious as some of them were, they did allow for conversation and, and a lot of uh, a lot of press. You know, I mean, we these aren't blockbuster movies, and especially in a year like this, to be able to ignite a conversation in by whatever means, uh, I, I think is good. Um, but I, I'm ready to move on from that, and uh, I'm ready to be free to explore um, and go further uh, with 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 what we did uh, with with Bloody Nose and. Um, I think part of the surprise for us is is making things that uh, that, that uh, we have an idea of and uh, feel woefully inept uh, uh, or unqualified to make, and uh, and I think um, presenting films like that uh, without any explanation is probably good for the audience as well. So um, we won't explain ourselves in advance. Yes, <laughs> but I will say at the moment. Uh, and, and, and we always hope to be, uh, you know, in, in this early pre-production stage, uh, we're scared and excited and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. 
and uh, that uh, I'm excited about that. And we never want to lose sight of the reason that we're making things. You know, we ought to be making things because we love to do them, just like when we were kids painting in the basement. You know. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to use this time, uh, this weird, dark, muddy time, to uh, think new thoughts and be ready when the when the time well, comes. Phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are well in New Orleans and um, doing as well as we're all right. Know. We're good. Um, I'm curious. This this will probably play early December. I don't know if that makes a difference or not. But why don't you tell people where they can find find this film now? I don't know if it'll change from now mid November to to early. Yeah, I think it's on. I think it's on all the things. Uh, VOD. You can go into any I, of your platforms to. Yeah, to, it's all. It's all on. You know, whatever your favorite VOD uh, situation is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it comes out on topic. Oh no, I don't know anything about that. Isn't that true? But maybe that's not until the new year. We may want to edit that out. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I'll ask Synetic, and they can tell. Will they know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We know it's out there. If you just search yeah. for it, it's out there somewhere. You can find the film on. <laughs> uh, it's 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 such a wonderful film. It's really it's really fantastic, and um, you know. I, 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 I still think about it all the time, you know. Well, so. Thank you so much for investing in us and, and having another conversation with us. And, it, you know, it, it means a lot. I really appreciate you. All right. Take care, guys, and yeah. uh, be well. Yeah.